This is the Vegetarian Zen Podcast, episode number 109. Welcome to Vegetarian Zen, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a healthy lifestyle. Now sit back, relax, and prepare to get your veg on. Hey there, Veg Zeners. Welcome back to Vegetarian Zen. My name is still Vicky. <laughs> and on take three, mine's still Larissa. <laughs> Why are we having trouble starting this one? I don't know. I don't maybe know, it's but a I, Saturday afternoon thing. I don't maybe know. Maybe so. I have a feeling if we have to do it again, my, my name is going to be Mud. I'm going <laughs> to have to go get some more caffeine if that <laughs> happens. All right. Well, in today's episode of the Vegetarian Zen podcast, we're going to be discussing a familiar concept with a new name. We say it's familiar because it's actually something that we were just introduced to this new name. But uh, we actually based our podcast kind of on this concept, and the concept is that of reducitarianism. So what we're going to talk about today is why we think it's a good thing. We saw a video that was actually linked up to us in the Peas and Carrots Society by one of our members there, which is our Facebook closed group. And uh, we're gonna, we watched the video and we were very intrigued and she actually put this video in there because she knew this was something that we would, would resonate with us and the folks in that group. So we're going to give a shout out in just a bit and we're, we're going to get into what reducitarianism is in right after this message. <laughs> <laughs> From our uh, latest uh, iTunes reviewer. So um, yes, we do have a review. It is from Chris F. 6993, who says, awesome. And uh, Chris says, amazing podcast opened a whole new world for me. So thank you so much, Chris, for that review. And I understand that Chris is uh, actually a colleague of yours. At he's work. a colleague and he's not a vegetarian. So oh. that's, this is kind of a, this is a really good timely review for this because this is kind of the, um, I wonder if he's a reducitarian. He might be a reducitarian. <laughs> or if he wasn't before, he might be now. That's right. So anyway, thank you, Chris. Thanks for listening. All right, so what about in the news? Okay, so you actually brought this to my attention last week. This is an article about Panera Bread. And now I got to say, I've only been there once and I didn't really have a great experience, but it was six years ago, maybe six, at least six years ago. And I, it wasn't, I just didn't think it was that great. But again, it was one time, it could have been the location, it could have been the you know, whoever was working that day or, or whatever. Well, and sometimes people raise your expectations about these things too, right? right. Like when something's new, I don't know how new Panera is, but I know mm. that it was all the rage like just a few years ago in San Antonio anyways. Yeah. And, and I, I think that was around the time yeah. that it was new in San yeah. Antonio. Yeah. So, uh, but this article is uh, Panera's mission is to be anything but artificial. And this was actually a New York Times article that you brought to my attention. So, what Panera is doing, what their latest move, I guess, is, is uh, they have removed high fructose corn syrup from their salad dressings and for most of their pastries. So Panera, I think it's, it's kind of like a cafe, deli, bakery type um, restaurant. And for those of you who don't have a Panera bread or if, you, if you've never been there. So they've, they've got pastries and salads and sandwiches and things like that. So they've removed now the high fructose corn syrup from most of their foods. And then the next thing that they're going to do apparently is they will stop serving soda that includes high fructose corn syrup. 
And this is really cool because the um, the head chef and I guess the owner, uh, not the same person, there's two different people, but um, said that even if it means severing their relationship with PepsiCo, who provides all of their drink products, they'll do it. That's that's a really cool move. Very bold and very cool. Because I think that just shows that they listen as well to the people that patronize their their restaurant. Right. right. And they want to make their restaurant more, you know, have healthier options for, for people who come there. Yeah, I was reading the interview in the New York Times with, with the uh, owner, and he said something about, if it's not something that would have been in my grandmother's kitchen, then I don't want it in Panera. Right. I think that was the head, yeah, the head chef who said that. Uh, Dan Kish was okay. his name. Yeah. All right. Um, and uh, so what they've done in the past, too, just real quick, in 2005, they stopped serving poultry raised with antibiotics. 2006, they voluntarily stopped using trans fats. And then I think, if I'm correct, the that year or the following year later, later on, that was made a part of the um, regulations that food, like restaurants, have to do that. And then in 2010, they became the first big restaurant chain to voluntarily tell customers how many calories were in all the items on their menu, not just, you know, the ones that say low-cal or, or, or whatever. And then in t- 2014, this is really cool, they introduced what they call their no-no list, which is a compendium of more than 150 artificial ingredients that Panera either no longer serves or is planning to phase out of their menu. So things like um, sweeteners, like aspartame, um, coloring agents, and high-fructose corn syrup. Yeah, and so Dan Kish, as Larissa mentioned, is the head chef of Panera Bread, and he said, My approach to food is pretty fundamental. I want people to experience the quality of the ingredients rather than something manipulated by additives. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, and you know what's awesome, too, is that it shows, I mean, they're cutting edge. They're ahead of the regulations, which mm-hmm. to me is really cool when you see a company like that. I want to patronize them because they're looking out for you. They don't need the government to tell them, what they should be doing or trying to get around or sneaking around things, you know, they're like being totally upfront. Right. Well, and I think that it's, it's good too, because it, it sets a good precedent for, for a, for other restaurants to follow suit and then B for the government to come behind and say, okay, well, you know, if they're doing this um, on their own, is it something that we should be looking at, you know, because people are wanting this. So I think that's a good way to kind of um, start change happening. And there's a Panera Bread right by our house, so I think maybe we'll have to take a visit there and check them out. We will. We talked <laughs> about doing lunch there tomorrow, right? Yeah. Yep, so I yep. think we're going to go check it out. Yeah. Okay. Before we move into our main topic, I've got one quick other note that I wanted to mention. Um, a few days ago, I was contacted by uh, someone on Twitter from the ve- – now, I'm not sure how to say it. I'm pretty sure it's Vego not Vego, uh, Vego Agogo. And what this is, is it's a company, it's an app company. It's Agogo Apps, A-G-O-G-O apps.com. And they have a couple of, they have a vegetarian travel app, and then they're coming out with their vegan version. The uh, vegetarian travel app is called Vego Agogo. And what it does, it's really cool. It, um, it will translate, you type in what you want to say, and it will translate it into, and then you select the language. So like, say, I don't know if you're out in Albania, it'll translate this into Albanian. So if you're a vegetarian, and you want to make sure that they're not putting any 
meat products in your food. You can type that or you can select from a list of pre, um, pre-typed you know, messages, one that says, um, uh, I'm a vegetarian, I don't eat any meat products. And then you just hit translate and it translates that. And you can either show this app to your server or you can attempt to pronounce it yourself. <laughs> I was going to say, I tried to do the French one. And I was like, never mind. Yeah. I would just show it to them. And, uh, but it's really cool. So I think that's a good way to, when you're traveling, make sure that uh, you're eating what you you want to be eating. Yeah. And but anyway, my point was that they let me know that they added Vegetarian Zen our website to their vegetarian and vegan websites directory on their website. So I will link to that in the show notes, but I thought that was really cool. And I wanted to give them a little plug. Very cool. Now, I don't know if this is directly related or not, but I did want to mention that over the last few weeks, Larissa and I have seen a spike in our subscriptions to our podcast Mm -hmm. and also a spike in our website hits, which is really cool, which means we might be getting some more community members Mm -hmm. added. So if you are one of those newer community members, we welcome you. We greatly appreciate you subscribing hope you'll find our community is really just a bunch of awesome cool people and i also wanted to do a quick plug for our uh closed facebook group which is we so we have a regular facebook page but we also have a closed facebook group called the peas and carrots society that uh you that how many members is that up i to think now? it's like 169 now something like that so it's been growing since january yeah it's been growing and uh it's a really great group of folks that are uh, you can bounce things off of if you're having a challenge, like let's just say you're having some sort of challenge in your family with people accepting your vegetarian, vegan lifestyle, or maybe your partner or something like that. Uh, it's a great group of folks that you can just vent, right. um, ask questions of, and and it's know. a closed group, so no one in your family or friends list can see what you're posting in there, unless they're a member as well. And you know we we vet our members carefully, so. All right. Are we ready to move into the main topic? We are. So uh, this is a video. This um, reducitarian topic came about for us based on a video that was shared by one of our listeners, uh, Jen DeFranco. And our piece... Peas and Carrots member. Right. And I I think it's okay to say that I don't think we're giving anything away because uh, we're not talking about a sensitive topic. We're talking about just an awesome video that Jen shared with us through the Peas and Carrots. So thank you so much, Jen, for bringing this to our attention. Um, This video is a TED Talk. So I don't know if you're familiar with TED Talks, but Vicki, I know you listen to them all the time. All the time. They are so amazing. Such awesome people that give TED Talks on a bunch of different topics. Right. So, and this was a TEDx. So it was a TEDx event uh, at the City of University, uh, City University of New York, C-U-N-Y, uh, C-U-N-Y, on November 16th of last year, 2014. It's an 18 minute talk. So it's easy to watch. And it's given by a man whose name is Brian Cateman. And the title of the talk was Ending the Battle Between Ve- Vegans, Vegetarians, and Everyone Else. So we watched this video and we knew that we wanted to share it on the podcast because it's really cool. Like Vicki said in the beginning, the message is very similar to what we've been promoting ever since we started Vegetarian Zen. So let's talk about that mission. Let's talk about their, from the com website, their mission. Let me read that to you here. So the, the, it's the Reducitarian Foundation is the name of their um, 
their organization. organization okay. Yeah. So the Reducitarian Foundation develops unique education programs to reduce the amount of meat that our society consumes. Our aim is to improve human health, protect the environment, and save farm animals. Right. Very cool. And that's so, it's, the way that they do it is uh, stated best in their core values. And I think this is what really resonated with us. In their core value statement, they basically put it this way. They say, in a few words, it's not all or nothing. Hey, that sounds familiar, yeah, right? That's hey, kind of our mission where statement. Have see, where yeah. have I heard that before? And they say, it's not all or nothing. We celebrate the small changes in personal behavior that collectively result in a, re- a significant difference in the world. And I think that's that's everything that we're about, yeah. right? I mean, we happen to be vegetarians, but... Uh, well, if- we're, we're just not about... I think what we were we when we started this podcast, it was really about saying we didn't want to feel like people we were judging people mm-hmm. while we are very passionate about being vegetarians. We just feel that it's there's a much more rich conversation to be had when both people are kind of open than to you know beating your chest and trying to make somebody feel bad about what they're doing. I think we have a lot of people that listen to us because we don't judge people. I mean, if somebody has a meatless Monday, that is awesome. Yeah, that's a huge win. That is a win. Right? That's one less um, day that you've eaten meat. And, you know, a lot of people will say, well, what difference is it going to make? You know, if I, if one person doesn't eat meat for one day, what difference is it going to make? Well, one single person for one single day is a very small thing. But when you have a lot of single people not eating meat on a single day, that's a very big thing. Well, and I think it's proven in a lot of numbers that are already starting to show up. So we shared, I think it was in in the last episode that, or maybe it was a Facebook post, I don't remember, but that the meat industry, that the demand for meat is down. Mm -hmm. And, but yet the amount of people who identify themselves as vegan or vegetarian is not necessarily changed all that much. Mm -hmm. So what's changed? People that consider themselves to still eat meat are reducing that right right so that's still a win because that's overall still accomplishing a lot of what we hope to accomplish Mm -hmm. all right so let's get into exactly what brian cateman's video is about okay so he starts out really at the core he's talking about using the concept of reducitarianism to unite people instead of using terms like vegan vegetarian carnivore all that stuff and you know it's kind of it is kind of ironic, though, because then he creates a different one, right? <laughs> it's reducitarianism. I mean, the whole right, concept. right. So it's kind of the same. It's, it's still another label, but it's really just to give the whole concept of, you know, and that drives me insane when I see vegetarians and vegans like arguing with each other. It's mm-hmm. like we're on the same side, you right. know. So don't. Right. Uh, it just drives me crazy. Right. And you know how you, you just said that he kind of created a new term, but I, and yeah, he did. But I think when I, when I see it in my head and maybe this is because I've done so many of these, um, podcast outlines now and they're in outline form. Right. So when I see it in my head, I see, uh, you know, how at the, the top of the outline, you have the Roman numeral one. Right. And then underneath that, you have A, B, C, D, and then all the under, other stuff underneath that. Well, I see Roman numeral one is reducitarianism. And then A, B, and C under that would be vegetarianism, veganism, uh, pescatarianism, um, uh, yeah. semi vegetarian, you know, all those different things. And then Roman numeral two is carnivore. 
Right. Yeah, I, I get that. I mean, he's trying to like create an umbrella mm-hmm. to incorporate all those. And again, to try to unite mm-hmm. rather than divide. Right, exactly. So I, I think the thing is that people know that vegetarians and vegans are onto something, right? Uh, but the terms, the actual terms, vegetarian and vegan, still make a lot of people uneasy or uncomfortable. So, and that that's what's, what's at the core of it is what we are and and the Reducitarian Foundation are kind of trying to undo is at the core, it's that those words tend to make people feel that it has to be all or nothing, right? So there's a level of implied commitment with vegetarian or vegan that, you know, if you don't if, if you call yourself a vegetarian, but then you have a piece of bacon, that you're a failure, or you're a bad person, right? And I think a lot of that is kind of, over the years has been, um, uh, for lack of a better expression, um, encouraged by some vegetarians and vegans. Shaming. And I think yes. we talked about that at one point, right? The vegetarian shaming. Yes. So, you know, that accomplishes nothing. All it does is have people just go, well, forget it, you know, and then just, Mm -hmm. I don't want to associate with that anymore. It closes the conversation, in other words. Exactly. So I think what they've done here with the term reducitarian is they're just trying to create a much more accepting word. Yeah, and and vegetarians and and vegans can still say that they are reducitarians, right? Right, and that's cool because it includes this term reducitarian really does kind of include everybody unless unless you can really sit there and say I am a hardcore diehard carnivore. I don't want to eat any plants unless it's a baked potato with my steak, you know? Um unless you're really really that hardcore and insistent that way then yeah i mean you if if you can even say you know i just some i don't feel like eating meat i don't want to eat meat i want to try to reduce my carbon footprint a little bit i want to try to just be more a little a little more healthy today you know you can put yourself in that under that reducitarian umbrella yeah and according to uh cat what's his name cateman is that um Mm -hmm. hit the way he describes the message is that it's a message that allows us to focus not on our differences, but on our shared commitment to eating less meat, regardless of where we fall on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's really good. I guess, so this, again, drives me crazy a little bit, but I, looking at all the negative comments on this video, yeah. of course, it's usually the people that have something negative to say that are going to leave comments on the video. I made sure to leave a positive comment on the video. But, um, you know, there was a lot of people saying, well... See, this just gives meat eaters an excuse to not feel bad about their their choices or whatever. And I'm like, that is so missing the big picture. The big picture is if one person is encouraged to say, well, I don't have to just completely consider myself vegan and never have another, mm-hmm. uh, ingest another honey ever again. Or, mm-hmm. you know, things. If, if it makes them just reduce it a little bit, then that's how we win. You don't win by, by, you know, this one big fail sweep where it's all of a sudden it's, if I was telling Larissa is that even if you made eating meat illegal, there would be an underground. I mean, (laughs) it'd still go on. Yeah. You know, what you have to really change, what you have to really change are ideas and, Mm -hmm. and how people feel about certain things and you don't change it that way. 
Right. And I think the thing you when you just said something when you were talking about uh, one of the comments uh, about how it gives people who eat meat an excuse um, to not feel bad about eating meat. It shouldn't be about making people feel bad. It should be about celebrating feeling good. That's so exactly when you, what I'm when saying. When you celebrate good things, when you celebrate a win, you know, if you if you eat less meat or if you, you know, um, I mean, even if you have like, if it doesn't have anything to do with meat, even if it's just, you know, hey, I eat too much junk food. So today, instead of having fries with with something, I'm going to have some steamed broccoli or something or that kind you know, of, yeah, it doesn't matter. That it's, kind of message, what, what I was just saying in the comments drives me crazy. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'm getting okay. all passionate I know, about we this. Both are. Uh, the reason I get so crazy about it is because it's not so much, it's about making yourself feel better mm-hmm. by putting somebody else down. Mm-hmm. And that drives me insane insane right because if you are truly looking at the bigger picture and somebody has reduced their meat consumption thereby reducing that industry's Mm -hmm. demand you know the their ability to supply things like that then you're totally missing the bigger picture Mm -hmm. so i have a message to those people but i want to keep our (laughs) g rating so uh i will just keep that in my head for now or when the mics are turned off there you go. Yeah, just keep in mind, you have to edit this podcast. So I know. If you say anything nasty, then you have to edit it out, not me. Um, but uh, yeah, so, and, you know, one of the things that, that Brian Cateman said towards the end of this video that I thought was a really good point is he said that this video and this movement is going to terrify the meat industry. Absolutely. That's that's exactly the term he used. Terrify the meat industry was the phrase he used. And I think that that's if if we can do that, then that's good enough for me. Yes. You know, because you don't have change like that unless you've got enough people saying we don't want this anymore. You know what? And I'm going to I'm going to totally go over into another analogy just like Larissa and I had announced last week or maybe it was the week before that we are getting married and the reason we're getting married and we're able to get married now is because people's minds changed because once slowly over time even though it felt like forever but people overall started to change their ideas be, uh, about about marriage mm-hmm. right right and it's the same thing about meat i mean it, it uh, you know not exactly the same thing but i mean <laughs> it's it, it goes back to what i was saying though is that it doesn't matter if you're not changing people's minds uh, individually, and they're not understanding what's going on and, and how we're being duped in a lot of ways and how a lot of this stuff is unhealthy, then it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that you're, and I love what he said about, I remember what you said about um, that, where you said it's terrifying. It's the most terrifying. The most terrifying thing to these folks, to the meat industry folks, is going to be this moderate message because mm-hmm. people are reasonable overall. And when you start to appealing appeal to their reason, that's when change starts to happen. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. So anyway, um, bravo to these two gentlemen, uh, Brian Cateman and his co-founder, whose name is Tyler Alterman. Uh, so bravo, guys. Thank you for, for a, a great effort that you're doing with the Reducitarian Foundation and with uh, your talk. And we look forward to seeing what, what you guys have in the future. Yes. Thank you for being uniters. Yes, absolutely. So, um, all right. So, shall we move on? We shall. All right. So, have a glass of wine after this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Only one because we have another episode to record. Oh, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
Uh, okay, so our recipe. recipe recipe of the week. Now, in keeping with the uh, Reducitarian Foundation uh, kind of theme here, their website is really it's really nice. It's a nice basic website, so it's it's easy to to get around and, and navigate. But they do have a section that has a, some recipes on it, and so I wanted to pull a recipe from there for this episode and i found a good one now all the recipes are linked from a site uh that's owned by elise mucellus and this there that website is called kale and chocolate so i'll of course link to that site as well but the this recipe that they have from there is lemony quinoa with pine nuts and spinach that sounds so good and if we weren't already grilling tonight maybe we could do that as a side yeah, except that I don't have any pine nuts. Oh, okay. Well, without the pine nuts. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, so we'll have quinoa and spinach. Peanut, peanuts? <laughs> peanut <laughs> cashews? Uh, no, not the same. But anyway, uh, so that's the uh, recipe that I'll link to in the show notes. All right. So let's talk about our quote of the week, which, of course, comes from the video. All right. And this quote uh, is from Brian Cateman. And he said, consider eating less meat this week and be a reducitarian. You can change the world by ordering a smaller steak or doing something more. But don't just sit by and ignore what you already know. That's that, awesome. That is awesome. And a lot of times, again, to your point, even even if you're eating a steak, just a smaller steak mm-hmm. makes a big difference, can make a big difference because it's not, if you're doing that, your neighbor's doing that, somebody else is doing that, that's how it adds up. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, I think this was awesome. I really enjoyed this uh, video. Thanks again, Jen, for sharing it with us. And thanks to Brian and Tyler for getting out there and and, uh, fighting the good fight, I guess. All right. So don't forget to stop by our show notes where we will have a link to the video and a link to everything else that we have referenced in this podcast today. We also have a question out there for you, and that is, are you a reducitarian? We'd love to hear your story and your experiences, and I think we do know there's a certain amount of folks that are listeners and also part of our Peas and Carrot Society that are not necessarily 100% vegan or vegetarian. So if you are a, a reducitarian, let us know your story, your experiences, if you've caught any flack, you know, people maybe give you a hard time about... Well, maybe you haven't even referred to yourself as a reducitarian, but if you just say, well, I'm mainly a vegetarian, you know, if you get any flack for that. Right, exactly. Uh, So you can answer that question by going out to the show notes for this episode. Uh, Scroll down to the bottom and there it be. All right. I'm going to go get a glass of wine now. (laughs) (laughs) And then we will be on to episode number 110. All right. Till next time. Peace out. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Vegetarian Zen. We've created a free resource for you to show you five ways to sneak more fruits and veggies into your diet. You can download it right now by visiting vegetarianzen.com. Until next time, wishing you a happy body and a healthy mind.